It's unfortunate in many ways that we had to come up with meet well, meet safe to meet the requirements of a global pandemic. But then if you take a step back and you go, but wait, we just probably made our clients brand stronger. We made their attendees more loyal. We made people feel safe. How is that a bad thing? Hey there, thanks for tuning in. I'm Jeremy Dobrish, and this is The Procast, brought to you by Proscenium Events in New York City. It's a podcast about events, corporate live events. Now, each month we take a bite-sized look at how to make these corporate events, conferences, programs, shows, even more effective and impactful. Today, we're talking with Renee Black from Planet Inc., who is the absolute queen of meeting planning and logistics. And we're talking about safety, how to make events safer, how to include health and wellness, and what events will look like post-pandemic. So if you're curious about the future of safety in live events, then stand by for Q1 of the Procast. And Q1, let's go. All right. So I am here with the principal and senior meeting planner of Planet Inc., Renee Black. Now, today we want to talk primarily about safety. And I know that's something, particularly with the pandemic, that Planet has been working on quite a bit. Question that I have, and I know it's a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is when we talk about safety at live events, what are we actually talking about? What is unsafe? What kind of problems actually come up at these sort of conferences? It is not a stupid question at all, Jeremy. And we have the pleasure of doing many of these events alongside your team as well. But when we're talking about safety at events, we're kind of using the words event health and safety, or we're using event wellness and safety, because I think making that distinction is extremely important. And what Planet did is that we knew there was going to be a return to live events and live experiences. Did we ever foresee that we'd be sitting here today and still talking about this and still dealing with this? Absolutely not. But believe it or not, about 30 days after the world came to a stop at the end of April, we came up with a program called Meet Well, Meet Safe. Basically, what we did is Knowing that there is a global pandemic occurring, knowing it could happen again, knowing that airborne illness and all the other things that are symptoms of disruptions that can affect an event crowd of any size, we wanted to put something in play that was a program that could keep attendees safe, could keep the client safe, but also protect the brand. So when you ask, what does safety mean? We want to protect our clients so that their attendees know that everything has been done to keep them safe, to keep them protected, and that the client has done everything possible to reduce liability and exposure. But so taking the pandemic out of it, because you've been doing this well, I mean, long, long time before the pandemic started. What are we talking about in terms of, of safety? I mean, do people get sick? Do people get hurt? Do they fall in the pool? Do they get hit with a barbecue skewer? What sort of things actually happen at these kind of conferences that you're trying to mitigate against? Another great question. So we're actually talking about the, the optics of having safety protocols and what we typically call our emergency action plan has now turned into a pandemic response plan. And it is a blended strategy document 
that not only talks about if you physically get hurt or if you get food poisoning or if that barbecue skewer did hit you in the head. Those things have now been folded into a bigger pandemic response plan. And that's about dealing with airborne illness and being able to quarantine or be removed from show floor. And also, what does that mean? Does that stop the show? Does that mean that the show stops temporarily and you go through a deep clean? There are a lot of facets to a PR and a communication strategy. So one of the things that we've done is we have a pre-plan, an on-site plan, and a post-show plan, meaning that you have to have different facets determined in your planning phase than you do on site. There's actually quite a few differences. The way that you communicate in the pre-event communications and how you communicate on site, those messages need to be predetermined. And we didn't do that as much before there was COVID. And now we're actually talking about what happens when, not what happens if, but what happens when. And that is a huge turn to how you think, perspective, the kinds of recommendations we make to our clients. Have you ever had to stop a show over a safety or health issue? We did once and it was very brief, but we've not had to stop a show yet because of COVID. So we've learned from that experience when we had to put a delay on the show, we had to put a delay on a show because it was actually a power issue. And we didn't want anyone to get hurt because think of being in the dark, think about not being able to do the things that you normally would do, food and beverage and service and doors locking. That was about an hour and 30 minutes. That show was delayed, but that actually taught us a lot that helped us build strong policies in regard to the pandemic. So one of the things that we do when we go into a show, almost regardless of size, is we look at what are the opportunities to not only do that content tracing that's happening with the pandemic, but it's more about how fast can we stop and deep clean a space? What are those options and resources? And what is the client willing to spend to deep clean a space so that we can return the program to normal while we extract the person, the attendee that may be ill or that has tested positive for COVID? That's part of it. But then also, how do you continue without closing the show down completely? So let's take COVID out of it for a second. Sure. Do attendees generally at these events feel safe or feel unsafe relative to how safe or unsafe you actually think they are? Prior to the pandemic, I think that attendees did not think about airborne illness. They did not think about influenza. They did not think about food poisoning. They did not think about falling down an escalator. They did not think about becoming so intoxicated you became ill. What the pandemic has done, it has shown a light on all the different possibilities where something can go wrong. And when you shine a light on what can go wrong, the strength of your event planner or your team should be what's your contingency planning when something does go wrong. And so where we were giving a lot of generic answers in our emergency action plan, those generic answers are now gone. We have to be very specific and we have to have a plan for anything that could go wrong and how do we solve for it. And that's very different today than it was two years ago. You're making me tense. I know, sorry. (laughs) This is a lot. How does Meet Well, Meet Safe play into that? Because again, you've been dealing with safety Mm -hmm. forever, but now it's a whole new ballgame. So what are you doing now that's different in order to deal with all of these new procedures that, you know, are so much less safe? 
And so I appreciate you asking that because that you asked me, do attendees feel safe or not safe? And I would say there's a difference now, right? Pre-pandemic, they felt safe because they just didn't think about it. In the pandemic, they have a completely different mindset and they're looking to the conference or the show or the concert they're attending to tell them how they're going to be safe. And so what the Meet Well, Meet Safe does, it's extremely psychological. It's behavioral science at its finest. What it's basically doing is we've created a seal. We've created a communication that clients can use that basically say, our program is following these set of very high standards. So you know that everything that we're doing as a client and everything we are asking the property or the venue to participate in, we're doing under the umbrella of this meet well, meet safe. And that alone, we've got national press because of this. We've been, you know, we've had multiple stories on us simply because we're not coming at it from like Hyatt's commitment to clean or any type of a global standard from a hotel property. We're coming at it from a whole different lens. We're coming at it from the attendees perspective. And we want attendees not just to feel good about sleeping in a hotel room that's been cleaned. We want attendees, the minute that they board a plane or a car to go to an event, they know that they have been communicated with, that everything is being done to keep them safe and that there's some type of standard being upheld or communicated that it's, again, it's optics. It's a little bit of COVID theater. It's a little bit of safety theater, but it's there and it's real and it works. And the sooner that you can get in front of it, and make those attendees feel like you've done something on their behalf, the the pictures that show up on social media, the selfies that show up on social media, you can fight that in your PR standards because you've got a program that you can come out and say, hey, yeah, absolutely. John and Paul were hugging and took a selfie in front of the, the step and repeat. But there's a meet well, meet safe program in play, whether it's with vaccinations or testing or a medical room or screenings, or it could be a whole host of things. There's so many standards that have been put in place that you're able to capitalize on the fact that you have a safety program. What I think is so brilliant about this is that, so before COVID, what you're saying in a sense is people thought they were safer than they were because they're just not thinking about all of the different mishaps that might befall them. Post-COVID, people might actually be safer than they think. And so if you can show them that, look, we have this protocol, we have that protocol, we're doing this correctly, it'll make them actually feel as safe as they are, which is what will then allow these events that should be happening to happen. So that's an incredible gift. A hundred percent. The other thing that Meet Well, Meet Safe does is in regard to the optics and this insurance policy of event safety is regardless of where you're at personally in regard to vaccination status or sharing vaccination status or overall health, by a client being able to provide event standards and being upfront in the beginning, it takes a little bit of the sting of wherever you might be at in this whole concept of what you think about COVID or what you think about masking or what you think about vaccines if you get in front of it and you do it properly and you have standards and you have this program and you use some of our preset communications, people that might not be in full agreement with you are a heck of a lot more understanding. Or when they do decline to attend your event, 
they're not so angry because you were so upfront with what your program standards were. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it is amazing, right? It's, it's true with everything. If you communicate upfront about what your intentions are, why you're doing what you're doing, you save yourself so much hassle later. So one of the big things that we've been doing, Jeremy, is we have been asking our clients to consider putting a health and wellness room on their sites, on their conference show floors. And that's basically putting anything from an EMT or a nurse or a PA that it's not just there for testing. Everyone thinks, oh, it's just there so that they can do their return to market testing. They can get a, a rapid test and know that they're okay to go home. Yes, that's one facet of it, but that's actually not why it's there. It's a wellness room that for any reason, if you feel ill, it could be, again, you had too much to drink the night before. You feel like that that you ate something and you want to make sure that your cold is not COVID. You cut yourself. The, the reasons could be endless, but the fact is that you have a solution that's provided from the client. We're getting immeasurable positive feedback from people that put this safety and wellness room on their sites. Because the room just makes people feel safe and they have a resource, they have a place to go if anything doesn't seem right. And I actually think this is going to stay in the foreseeable future, even when the global pandemic ends. I foresee us talking about health and safety and having, just like you might have a security guard to guard equipment or to guard an expo hall or to guard the entrances and exits to doors. I think you're going to have a PA or an EMT on site simply to be there to help your attendees. So adding that safety and wellness room is a great tip for people in terms of how to make their events safer. I'm curious if you have any others. So Planet is a full service meeting logistics agency. So one of the great things that we also can offer clients, if we don't do their registration sites, we do have a product where they can register their attendees They can let us know if they've been vaccinated and upload a vaccine card. They can tell us that they're not and upload the result of a test. We can send a a rapid test and then they upload the results. We have so many different options of how to successfully get someone to an event that's in that pre-planning, pre-communication stage. We love to offer that to people. On site, the wellness room is huge. One of our other tips is to get rid of SRO, no more standing room only, in banquets and in general sessions. We're not talking about six feet or three feet so much anymore, but we are talking about that everyone has a seat, everyone has an area, everyone has an option still to mask. We just try to keep doors and exits clean and clear. It just seems to just make sense when you look at it. The other tip that I would say that we're doing is we're actually talking to clients more about this might sound a little a little weird, but we also talk about high proteins, healthier menus, especially with breaks, because one of the things that that we all know is sometimes when you travel, you don't always eat the best. You don't have the opportunity to exercise like you might in your home market. But I think that the client's accountability back to their attendee, especially to offer healthy menu choices, it's a preventative possibly to even getting ill, cold, sick, flu besides COVID on show floor. And I think that's also an important thing to keep that whole picture, that whole perspective as it's event health across the board. Yeah, those are great tips. 
anything that can make it healthier and increase people's wellness. I love it when events have a yoga room or a meditation or a stretching before the event. I know a lot of people don't necessarily do it, but for those who do want to do it, I think it can make a big difference towards your overall wellness. Just even offering, if you can, the ability for even some outdoor activity to get some additional fresh air at some point through the conference convention. The other thing that we just try to take into some considerations too as well is we might be talking to a hotel about the last time that they shampooed a carpet or the last time that they changed the filters on their air vent or or what is their their air system doing. And those are probably things people never even think of or don't Mm -hmm. even know that you're doing. The sort of behind the scenes the attendees don't know, but it'll make a big difference for them. What about the the other side of it? Are, Are there any mistakes that you see people making that you just think, oh, that's that's a trap. That's an easy way out or it's cost effective, but it's not safe or anything. Like that. I, I don't know that I would call it a mistake. I would maybe call this more human nature. We have a, a wonderful client that they were adamant. Everyone would be masked up. And even when you were drinking and eating, you would just lower your mask when you were eating and drinking and you would put your mask back. That regardless that the city that we were in did not have a mask mandate, their program, they were going to have a mask mandate. So everything was great and wonderful until the president of North America decided she didn't want to wear her mask anymore because she wanted to network and she wanted to drink. And she was just like, this is the first time I've seen my colleagues and my clients. And this is amazing. So what happens when she removes her mask, her direct reports remove their mask. Everyone starts to remove their mask and the mask mandate goes out the window. And then you get a compliance or a legal person on site that comes up to us and says, we have a mask mandate. True, you do, but your leadership decided to not abide by your mask mandate. So now the change that we've made is we actually have an agreement with our clients so that we understand the level of enforcement when they decide what restrictions are in play that might not necessarily be that of the venue or the city and state and governance that they're in, that we're all on the same page. So that if we could go up to that senior leader and say, we have a mask mandate, what do you want to do? We've agreed upon it ahead of time. Yeah, that makes so much sense. It's always behavior from the top down, for sure. So you mentioned that the wellness rooms, that you think that that sort of thing, you know, is very likely to stick around even post-pandemic. Are there other things that you think are happening that we're doing because of the pandemic that even when the pandemic is gone, you think are going to continue? That's a big one. I think continuing to do wellness activities, again, the outdoor activities, I think that's going to continue. I think the healthy menus will continue. I know for us, there will be things that we will do with hand sanitizer stations and and probably even with flow with registration. I know that we are going to do everything in our power through the foreseeable future to not have the masses come hit registration at the same time to try and do some staggering type things. I see those conversations continuing and probably not to the the tightness that they are today, but continuing because I just think that people are going to have too many questions if you don't have an answer to the problems of event safety. Yeah, I love this because everybody's talking about when we come back, we're not coming back to where we were. We're coming back to somewhere different. And 
on this podcast, I feel like I've talked to a number of people that have just made me feel that when we come back, we're coming back better. All these things you're talking about are improvements that we never would have done without the pandemic. I'm not saying that makes the pandemic a good thing, but when we come back, it's going to be better. And I think that's really exciting. I agree with you. Like I know that we have said in the past, it's unfortunate in many ways that we had to come up with meet well, meet safe to meet the requirements of a global pandemic. But then if you take a step back and you go, but wait, we just probably made our clients brand stronger. We made their attendees more loyal. We made people feel safe. How is that a bad thing? Yeah, I agree. So I'd love to move on to the lightning round. Are you up for three quick lightning questions? Let's do it. Let's All right, do it. great. Uh, so the first one is, who's your biggest get? So this is a, a guest speaker, an entertainer, a subject matter expert, anyone you would love to see at a live event. Ooh, I, I love this question. So I think the biggest get, I'd like to actually mention the event. And we were able to do corporate sponsorship for the US Open in San Diego this summer. And we were able to apply Meet Well, Meet Safe along with doing basic event support. And that was really fun to do a marquee golf event that the world was watching. Nice. And was there a particular celebrity or, or anything or was just the event itself? Just so the event exciting. itself. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. And so when you see presenters on stage, is there anything that you see that you just wish people would stop doing or that some, somebody would do more of? Just something that you think makes a presenter better? That is a great question too. And I think presenters are always the, the best when they're humble, they're funny and they're human. One of the things that I think that I'm over as a an event planner that's been around for a really long time is you wouldn't be asked to be a presenter if you weren't an expert in your field or your industry or the topic. You wouldn't even be asked to be on the stage if that wasn't the case. But it's okay to talk about mistakes. It's okay to talk about failures. It's okay to talk about growth. That's great. I love I love your three words. If you change funny to humor, you've got humble, humor, human. I <gasps> make I a post sticker. Yeah, we got a bumper sticker or a there t-shirt or something. That's great advice. All right, last question. What is something, it could be a book, a movie, a song, whatever you like, that was a big influence on you? I might flip this a little bit on you, but I will tell you that when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a rocket. And I'm only five foot three. So I, I couldn't be a rocket, but I wanted to be a rocket. This is behind the scenes, Bethany, breaking in with a fact check. The rockets range in height from 5'6 to 5'10 and a half. So sadly, Renee will never be a rocket. And I think that's actually part of the reason why I'm an event planner today, because it's all about precision and you only have one chance. And I feel like events are all about precision and you only have one chance. And I think that is the reason why when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a rockette. And I think that's now why in my adult phase that I still want to be a meeting and event planner is because I love precision and I love team. I love the group. And so I think that's probably the biggest influence on me. That's a great answer. And the pressure of the one chance really is that Mm -hmm. sense of, you know, it's opening night and closing night on the same night and you just, Mm -hmm. you have to get it right. There's no previews. This is it. There's not Uh, a do-over button. No do-over button. This has been delightful and very informative. That feeling that we're actually going to be safer is really meaningful and really inspiring as things start to open up and we're coming back. So thank you for giving me that 
that warmth and that feeling of hope. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. No, it was great to visit with you and always love talking with you, Jeremy. Well, that was so great getting to talk with Renee about how to make corporate live events safer. For me, there were four top takeaways, and these are the four tops. Number four, you need to have a pre-meeting, on-site, and post-meeting communications plan and outline contingency plans for things that can go wrong. Number three, make sure your event has a health and safety room. Number two, attendees now need clear signs at every step of the event to demonstrate that they are safe. And number one, it's not just about safety. It's also about health and wellness. And when we come back from the pandemic, new safety procedures will be in place that will make everyone not just safer, but healthier. But look, I could talk about this stuff all day. And if you want to talk about safety or anything about live events, check out our episode notes for more information or just go to proscenium.com and drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Because at Proscenium, we help presenters do their best in front of their most important audiences. As we like to say, we help brands perform. And I have a sneaking suspicion we can help your brand perform. And if you like the podcast, you can sign up for it at proscenium.com or get it anywhere you get your other podcasts. Today's show was hosted by me, Jeremy Dobrish. It was produced by Bethany Potter, original music by maestro Mike Mancini, and filled with creative geniuslessness by Henry Evans. And hey, you know how at the end of podcasts they ask you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a good rating? Well, of course we'd love you to do that so more people hear about the show and so we can hear your thoughts. But look, if you learned a few tips and you want to keep this one just between us, that's cool too. So until next time, stand by to fade the procast out and... Procast out, let's go.